Hello and welcome to another draft edition of The Ringer NBA Show. My name is Danny Chow. I'm an editor for TheRinger.com and joining me as always is Ringer NBA writer Jonathan Charks. Charks, how are you? I'm good, Ben. How you doing? I'm good. I, I, I can smell it, man. The, the draft is almost here. It happened so fast this year, man, from the finals to the draft. It's crazy. It's exactly four days. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be focusing on some international prospects that intrigue us uh, in this one. And I'm hoping that we can get at least half of these names right. Right, yeah. I'm guessing <laughs> all of them. I, I looked at no pronunciation guides. It's purely me guessing at these names. I, I tried looking on YouTube um, for any sort of interviews that might have helped, but they all kind of just went into it. So uh, we'll try our best. But yeah, this, this draft has been really fun to talk about because it's so clear how the future has been laid out. Charts, you wrote a really good piece yesterday about the, the legacy of the Warriors and how they played the game and how that will kind of affect the future in terms of teams looking at talent. You know who looks like the future? Dragon Bender looks like the future. <laughs> of course you'd say that, of course. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked a little bit about Bender as a potential guy for the Celtics in our first podcast. But since then, he's kind of been all over the place. He's been linked anywhere from the number three spot to the number seven spot. I wrote about Bender a few weeks ago, and part of my argument was that, you know, broadly speaking, he's the youngest player in the draft, and he has as many different skills on the basketball court as anyone in this draft. But he's been kind of dismissed because so many teams are looking for an instant remedy for their shittiness. I was just going to ask you, like, he asked if it seemed like during the season it was very much Simmons, Ingram, Bender. But in the last three or four weeks, he's really fallen back to the pack in the top like seven or eight. And so what's your theory on that? I think Chris Dunn has done a really good job of kind of marketing himself as like a guy who's clearly ready for this you know he's done some interviews he's he's said all the right things about wanting to be playing against top competition not wanting to settle on these workouts and I I think Jamal Murray clearly has you know some people thinking that he's going to be a really incredible offensive player right off the bat and with Bender he's always been a guy who was going to need some time for teams to kind of figure out what he's capable of doing and I think that's why he's kind of dropped down a little. Yeah, I feel like in general, like when guys start marketing themselves or like the, the after the season's over, a lot of narratives start developing about guys. And I feel like the film is the film when you're watching these guys. And there's no reason to drop a guy like over the last month and a half if nothing happened on the basketball court and make a drop. So that would worry right. me a little bit if I was one of those teams in that area. So if you had control of the draft board, where do you think you would pick Bender? See, I, I haven't watched him a ton, a ton compared to the college guys, but I think he's a pretty safe number three, if only because his floor is so high. Cause he's seven feet, he's very skilled, high feel, decent athlete. Like, it, I'd be pretty shocked that he wasn't a, a pretty good NBA player no matter what. Right. I, I don't think I would draft him any lower than number five. Like, I, I would love to see him next to Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, that would be great. And also for me, like... Even if I don't love Bender, some of these guys that might go over him, I, I just blows my mind. I mean, we talked a lot about them in the last podcast, but taking, like, Murray over Bender, I can't even – that's almost a fireball offense to me about you were a GM, I was the owner. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so there have been a lot of rumors about Chris Dunn maybe sneaking his way into the top three discussion. How, how, how do you feel about that? Well, at that point – it's purely, I guess that means somebody's trading up because there's no way Boston could take Dunn with their roster unless they're making a ton of moves. I have heard that Minnesota likes Dunn a lot in terms of being like a defensive-minded point guard and they don't love Rubio. So that's interesting. Though I'm with you. I think Bender and Towns just make so much sense together in terms of two seven-footers who are super versatile. Like that could be a special, special team. And he fits in so well with Wiggins, Levine, Rubio. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer, drafting Bender at five. And a- another player slotted in the lottery, though Chad Ford seems to have him falling, is Timothée Luau, who is a French wing playing for Megalex in Serbia. You know, he- he's another guy who's kind of fun to imagine being someone he currently isn't. Uh, he's 6'7", 205, has a seven-foot wingspan. Um, his frame is kind of reminiscent of a young Paul George, um, and watching him, that, that kind of seems like 
a player that teams will look at in terms of how they project him going forward. Um, he's kind of shown glimmers of shooting off the dribble like a star would, but but ultimately he's shooting under 40% for a team that really gives him a long leash. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion that young players making bad mistakes and decisions is generally a good thing for development. Uh, but, you know, teams do look at those statistics. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me a lot just athletically of Dante Exum, just the way he moves. Like, he really, like, flies around the court. He's like a jet. And, like, he's one of those guys you watch him film, like, two or three times, and it's really easy to fall in love with them. But, like, all, all the European people who, like, watch these guys a ton, they've always been the ones for me kind of like, hey, slow down the wawu. Like, just slow down your evaluation of him. Don't kind of fall in love with him off the jump. Because definitely, like, the first time you watch him, like, this guy can really play. He moves really fast. He has really high... He has a high feel for the game. Which, like, for 3 and D guy is fairly rare. Most 3 and D prospects very much like, oh, he's a defender. Dribbling is kind of a stretch. But he really just moves really well. He feels like he passes really well, too, for a guy with his kind of tool set. Is there something specific that these people are kind of trying to ward off in terms of optimism for, for Luwawu? Well, two things I've heard is, like, that jumper is, there's not a long track record of success. Like, it's very hit or miss. And that the league he's playing in, the Adriatic League, what I, like, one, one good thing I was told was, like, they produced, like, three NBA guards in the last 20 years. And I guess the Udrik brother, Udrik and... Um, What's the other Slovenian? Dragic, the Dragic players in Udrik. So, I don't know. In that sense, it's hard to, like, judge him a little bit. Have you watched him? Is he French? I've not seen him much of international play. That might be interesting to watch with him. Yeah, he, he, he's French. He, he moved to Serbia to basically play for the Adriatic League, and mm -hmm. that's kind of where he got his big star rise. Yeah, on the Megalex team, which is just, if you haven't followed European basketball, Megalex is super, super interesting in front of the draft. Back to Luau, I, I feel like if you were to kind of temper your expectations and you didn't, you know, necessarily fall in love with the Paul George comparison right away, someone he kind of reminds me of is Tabo Cephalosha. I was just going to say that. I can yeah, totally he, see that. He's another versatile prospect who, who can do a lot, a lot of different things, but isn't necessarily great at any one thing. I feel like if Luau can't tighten up his handle and he can't work on his decision-making because he, he does force a lot of bad shots, the, the kind of 3-and-D Cephalosha mold seems to be a fairly easy traje trajectory to identify him with. Yeah, and that's one thing, too, with like evaluating guys' jumpers sometimes. Sometimes it's like, man, this guy would be a good shooter if he took better shots. Like, shot selection can really affect your percentages if you're not careful. But man, I, I really, really want to believe in this guy because he has the frame of Gerald Green and from the looks of his dunks, I mean, he could be probably be an Olympic level long jumper. This guy, this guy is really athletic. He has great strides moving down the court. But I mean, I wouldn't say Gerald Green, like Gerald Green, that's like, oh, him, no, Zach not, not in terms of athletically, yeah. but his yeah. frame, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's well-built for a 19-year-old for sure. I mean, he's like, he reminds me a lot of uh, Patrick McCaw at UNLV, but he's got 20, 25 pounds on him, and he's younger, so. Yeah, and our next guy actually plays for the same team. Ivasa Zubac is another guy who is kind of in that mid-first round, late first round, might be a stash type guy. This guy's enormous. Mm -hmm. He's like 7'1". He's a well-proportioned 270 with... I think something like a 7-4 wingspan. From what I've seen, he kind of reminds me of like a mega-sized DeMontis Sabonis and kind of going along with all that entails. This guy isn't a great athlete, but he plays hard. He can move pretty well laterally for his size. You know, dropping back on D shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I think you've you focused quite a bit on Zubac just because you've seen a lot of, you know, Megalex tape. What's to like here? I think he reminds me a lot of a, a kind of a younger version of A.J. Hammonds. Like, I read a big piece of him on today at the Ringer. And it's just, for a guy, he's really, really big. I feel like with a guy who's this big, there's a little bit of a scale. Like, he's not a great athlete, but as you were saying, for a guy who's a freaking mastodon, he moves pretty right. well. He's pretty good on, on offense, too. And when you're that freaking huge, it can, be, it can be hard to stop at that size, rolling to the rim or posting up. And he has a pretty good feel. Like, to me, he could be the best center if, though, 
you're saying, I'm going to deal with the fact that he's not going to switch screens. Which I'm still like, I feel like with the way the league is going, I'm kind of up in the air about like, how much can I value your classic drop back five? Like, Jonas Valanciunas, is he good enough to be a championship NBA five anymore? Like, I love Jonas, but I don't know because he's not that fast. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually don't have too great of a feel on this, but just from the way I've I've seen, you know, a few games front to back, he's not too bad at kind of corralling smaller guards that make their way into the into the lane on penetrations. So he might have some potential there. Obviously, he's not going to be stepping out, you know, 25 feet out, but he definitely moves better than say Nikola Pekovic. Oh, I mean, for yeah, for whatever that's worth. Right. <laughs> I think anyone was at a Pekovic. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting, this Megalex team specifically. They've, they've kind of emerged as something of a pipeline for NBA caliber talent. Nikola Jokic obviously looks like a star out in Denver, and mm-hmm. he came out uh, a few years back. Did they have Micic too for a while? Yeah, they had yeah. Vasilye Micic, who was drafted, I think, in the 50s by the Sixers, Sixers, yeah. Sixers uh, two years ago. He, he's like this oversized 6'5 point guard, almost Rubio-esque, except not quite the defender at all. <laughs> but he was really fun to watch in the under-19 FIBA tournament. It should be noted that Megalex has one of the most delightful jerseys I've ever seen. Are the like pink they, ones? They're incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hot pink, glow-in-the-dark green. Back when they were Mega Visura, which was a couple years ago when Misich was playing, um, that was under a different sponsorship. But they had this light pink periwinkle color scheme that kind of looked like baby pajamas. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, kind of surprised was, no one incredible. in the NBA or in college has gone with the pink. It's very aggressive look for television. Like, it's, it looks cool, I guess. Like, kill a cam, you know. Like, because I don't know if Megalex necessarily gets as much TV time. So I, I don't know if these, these games are being broadcast, like, prime time. I mean, first so. off, they should be, obviously, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, with, with these guys, obviously a lot of draft positioning is guesswork since we don't have a lot of inside information. Uh, players who might be seen as lottery talents, uh, you know, they could end up being picked up much later in the draft. Well, did you see that uh, Zubac only worked out for four teams? Let me find the tweet. I saw it somewhere. Really? He's scheduled four workouts, Pistons, Grizzlies, Raptors, Celtics, which makes sense for their rosters, the same kind of, by the Celtics, you have a bunch of teams that have bigger centers. Because those are teams who inquired both and scouted him. I'm going off a tweet from one of the Pistons beat writers. I, one thing I was thinking of, like, if you look at Zubac and Luwawu, like, I wonder if I, I'm not thinking, like, compare them to, like, the top two guys, like Kentucky, like Scal and Murray, or, or at Washington, uh, Murray and Chris, or at Cal, Rab, and Brown. I wonder if I would take those two Megalex guys as a, as a tandem over two guys from other schools. Like, they're right there in terms of talent, I think. Another guy that, you know, who could really go across the board uh, in the first round is Furkan Korkmaz, uh, 6'7 wing from Turkey. I can't watch him without seeing a bigger, stronger, more athletic version of Marco Bellinelli. Uh, that's either a vote of confidence or you know, a complete red, red flag. I would say it's pretty confidence. I mean, that's a pretty good shooter for a guy, bigger version of that. It's pretty interesting. Right. Like, I mean, Bellinelli was a summer league legend who dropped 37 in his first game. Well, he got um, a ring, doesn't he? With the Spurs. He got a championship. He does. There it is. Like, I, I am 30% confident when I say this, but Bellinelli could have been a truly great player if Don Nelson didn't destroy his confidence completely. Hmm. 30% confident. Sure, let's go with it. How would you compare him to like Hazonia, in terms of a big um, Euro wing? He, I don't think I don't think he moves quite as gracefully. I don't think he's quite as athletic. Yeah, yeah, athleticism. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, Hazonia is truly one of the more athletic guys to come out of you know the international game that that I've seen, especially at the wing position. Mm-hmm. So like I I can't really tell if I like Korkmaz more than I did. Bellinelli as when he was a prospect I, I think Bellinelli's vision and potential as like a second or third facilitator w- was at least stronger at the same stage than Korkmaz Korkmaz has shown signs of being you know a guy who can create for himself in the pick and roll but he doesn't have a lot of wiggle 
And I, I kind of worry about his ability to get by people at the next level. So like he'd be, he would never, he'd be like Garden, the third or fourth option kind of guy, that kind of guy. He's not going to be right. primary defender or primary initiator. Right. Well, I mean, if you're six seven, you can shoot and dribble. There's a place for you in the league, pretty much no matter what. Yeah, and I, I feel like it, it'll really depend on how Hazonia does in his second season, whether or not these these kind of guys are you know seen as viable options in, in the first round. Hazonia had a pretty up and down season. He wasn't trusted by Scott Skiles at all. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, does it? If Scott Skiles right. doesn't like you. He's not exactly young Metro, Scott Skiles. <laughs> if you don't trust you, it'll mean anything for a young player. Yeah, it, it just feels like with teams, they, they try and go off of the trends that they see, especially with uh, international players as far as who is playable and, and what projects well at the next level. So I'm not sure if Korkmaz is that level of talent in terms of what Hazonia can bring to the table. But as you said, like if he can shoot threes, kind of defend from you know the perimeter, then that, that might be enough. I mean, that's probably worthy of a first-round pick in this year's draft. Quick word from our sponsors, and we'll get right back into our international guys. Did you know that the NBA has built a super useful bot for basketball fans on Messenger? Yeah, a bot, like a chat bot or a robot that you can talk to. The NBA's Messenger bot is awesome. Just message it on Messenger to watch highlights of your favorite finals games and players. Yeah, the bot was super responsive. You just type in Kyrie Irving and you get literally every single highlight he's ever had in the finals right at your fingertips. And it's only a click away. Message it to see videos you want and try it out now by visiting nbabot.net. Again, that's nbabot.net. Also wanted to tell you about another one of our sponsors, MeUndies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made with sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can compare to the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember, Superman. They sent me a couple pairs and honestly, they, they feel great. Shipping is free in the US and Canada and you could save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair and get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash NBA show. That's MeUndies.com slash NBA show for 20% off your first order. That's MeUndies.com slash NBA S-H-O-W. Going along with those trends, teams have kind of been emboldened by how well a lot of these European big men have translated immediately. Definitely. And, last few years for sure. Yeah, and it, it can mean... Good things for Ante Zizic, uh, a 7-foot, 250-pound center out of Croatia. I'm not completely sold on his skill level, but he does have the strength and athleticism to, I don't know, be a solid role man in the two-man game. What's your take on him? Yeah, it seems like, first off, you know you're a drafter when you have Zizic for Zubac takes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, from what I saw him, it kind of seemed like he was a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none guy. Like, he's 7-foot. He's pretty athletic. He's pretty skilled. But I wouldn't say he was like a standout in any one thing. He kind of reminded me a lot of, of Jakob Pertl, honestly, in terms of an overall skill set, which kind of, I think, which shows you like the value there still is in going to play at the college game. Right. Like, I feel like if you put Zizic at Utah, he'd probably put up pretty similar statistics and he'd be seen much higher than he is now playing overseas, away from like U.S. cameras and whatever. I think one thing that Pirtle definitely has over Zizic, who might be a year younger than Pirtle, is that Pirtle was definitely a better passer. He definitely has yeah, I can see that. a better understanding of the floor. I think Zizic is definitely more of a guy who's going to be fighting for rebounds, definitely more of an energy guy uh, coming off the bench at the next level. That's, I think for sure he's like an NBA center. Yeah. But there's a lot of those guys in this draft. I don't know if he's going to be an elite center by any means, though. It's interesting that Croatia kind of has this revival of talent. It's Zizic, it's Bender, you know, Hazonia has too, come right? before Sarge that. Sarge is yeah. not Sarge. Croatian. Is he Croatian? Exactly. 
Yeah, they're stacked with talent then. Jeez. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting going forward, especially when the Olympics come around, maybe the next time, not this time. Um, are, are they in the series Olympics? I was just going to ask. That'd be fun to watch those guys. I think they are, but I don't think a lot of these young guys will be getting much time. Boo. Boo. <laughs> So yeah, another guy I wanted to touch on briefly is Isaiah Cordonier, who I don't think stood out to you at the at this year's Hoop Summit. If I recall, he was terrible. I, I try not to take too much away from these Hoop Summit games. Like I feel like you could, they can really mislead you, but man, he looked awful in that game. Yeah, according to reports I saw, though, he looked good during the practices. So mm-hmm. you know, he's something of a sentimental favorite of mine. He's a six-five wing out of France with very clear strengths and very clear weaknesses. Uh, it, it's all, you know, compounded by the fact that he played in the B-level French League, which isn't very competitive at all. But, man, he's this unbelievable leaper. He plays extremely hard on defense. Uh, without the ball, he might have some of the quickest feet in the draft, both in terms of straightaway speed and lateral quickness. In in many ways, he kind of reminds me of Avery Bradley in the type of role he can play. But, man, like... He's extremely unsteady when it comes to creating off the dribble. On straight line drives, he's like this Tron bike, but nice, he, nice. he just, yeah, he just can't move east or west at all. It's kind of almost funny. Like, again, he, he's, he's going to be a guy who teams can use as, as someone who chases, you know, volume shooting point guards around, but if he doesn't improve his ball handling, he's probably going to be a situational role player. Well, let's just hope he was, like, really hungover or something at the Hoop Summit because he didn't look very athletic in that, in that setting. For whatever that's worth, like, it was like, that guy was a lead athlete. He's just not moving very well. But I don't know. You've watched a lot more of him than I have. Yeah, so. I, I think he was just cursed on being on one of the worst world teams. Yeah, that was really – it was hard to even watch that history. game. Yeah. He got freaking stomped. Yeah, and the U.S. team specifically was just stockpiled with lottery talents. So I, I, I don't want to put that too much against him. Yeah, that was like Pickett's charge, man. They were just getting slaughtered out there, the international team. Yeah, I, I guess we'll wrap this up with a guy who I don't really know how to pin down. So it's Zhou Qi out of China. and he might... I, thought, I thought it was Zhou Qi, but that's probably right, Zhou Qi. That's probably yeah. closer. I've, I've looked it up, and I, I feel confident. You know, it's Zhou Qi. He's a 7'2 center with a 7'8 wingspan. He, I think he has the most interesting measurables in the draft. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, like, I, I think a month ago, I described him to a friend as everything about him is soft, but kind of in a good way. Like, he has, he has incredible touch offensively. Uh, he's kind of shown three-point range. I, I mean, he, he's kind of shown three-point range, but he, he has a kind of a low release point, and it's a little slow. But he has a really real gift of blocking shots and keeping him in possession. You know, I, I would love to sign up for this guy, but he's maybe 220 pounds. I, I don't want to be contradicting myself from last week when I was like, oh, you know, Porzingis has paved the way for tall, athletic, skinny guys all over the world. But cheese frame kind of worries me, to, me a bit. I mean, definitely. Like, but at the same time, I remember my exact thought last year with Porzingis. Oh, he'll need a few years because he's so skinny. With the way the league is going into, like, ball screens constantly... Maybe, like, your lack of pure, I don't know, like, he's got so many wingspan, he can shoot jumpers and block shots. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten more love, honestly. One thing I have heard, like, is that he's 25, which, I don't know, that's just what I heard. That might be totally off. And yeah, I mean, there are, there are always questions yeah, there are always about questions. Birth, birth dates for Chinese men, for, for people in Africa. I, I don't really know what to make of that, and I don't know how much that really matters, well, I think the issue is, like, if he's 25, he's going to get much bigger. If he's, like, 20, like he claims he is, then you would hope he could put on some weight as he gets older. But at 25, he's more close to a finished product. Right. And honestly, if he's 220 pounds with a 7'8 wingspan, I don't know how much he's going to be able to bench that's press true. ever in his life. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty absurd. <laughs> yeah. Watching this guy, he you can tell he has very clear NBA skills, but he also kind of has the frame of, you know, a stick insect. You know, yeah. one, of those, one of those insects who, like, camouflages as a tree branch. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to make of him. I, I wish him well because I think he has a place with his skill set in the you NBA. But there's, there's definitely a reason why he's 
projected in the second round. But I could also totally see where it's like he plays the NBA for like a month. We're all like, oh man, we missed this guy really bad. How do we overthink this? He's seven foot wingspan. He can shoot jumpers and block shots. Do I guess right? Ajinka is just that guy too. So nothing means Rudy Gobert at all, just because right. he has long arms. I just don't know if he has what Porzingis had right off the gate, which is this incredible motor to just yam on guys. Like he was doing those yeah. putbacks from the jump, and I, I, I don't think Chi is a guy who. Yeah, KP was super tough. Like he's just yeah, that's a good way to. He's a really high motor for sure. That helped him a lot. All right. I I think that's all we have for now. Sharks, I think we'll talk a bit more after the draft. That sounds good. I'll have plenty of takes after the draft, that's for sure. Great. Thanks, man. Thanks, Danny. We'll be back after the draft, I'm sure, to talk about all that went down on Thursday. Did you know the NBA has built a super useful bot for basketball fans on Messenger? Yeah, a bot, like a chat bot, a robot you can talk to. The NBA's Messenger bot is awesome. Just message it on Messenger to watch highlights of your favorite finals games and players. Message it to see videos you want. Try it now by visiting nbabot.net. That's nbabot.net. and welcome to another draft edition of The Ringer NBA Show. My name is Danny Chow. I'm an editor for TheRinger.com and joining me as always is Ringer NBA writer Jonathan Charks. Charks, how are you? I'm good, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. I, I, I can smell it, man. The, the draft is almost here. It happened so fast this year, man, from the finals to the draft. It's crazy. It's exactly four days. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be focusing on some international prospects that intrigue us uh in this one and i'm hoping that we can get at least half of these names right right yeah i'm guessing <laughs> all of them i i looked at no pronunciation guides it's probably me guessing at these names i i tried looking on youtube um for any sort of interviews that might have helped but they all kind of just went into it so uh we'll try our best but yeah this this draft has been really fun to talk about because it's so clear how the future has been laid out Charts, you wrote a really good piece yesterday about the the legacy of the Warriors and how they played the game and how that will kind of affect the future in terms of teams looking at talent. You know who looks like the future? Dragon Bender looks like the future. (laughs) Of course you'd say that, of course. (laughs) Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about Bender as a potential guy for the Celtics in our first podcast. But since then, he's kind of been all over the place. He's been linked anywhere from the number three spot to the number seven spot. I wrote about Bender a few weeks ago, and part of my argument was that, you know, broadly speaking, he's the youngest player in the draft, and he has as many different skills on the basketball court as anyone in this draft. But he's been kind of dismissed because so many teams are looking for an instant remedy for their shittiness. I was just going to ask you, like, he asked, if I, it seemed like during the season it was very much Simmons, Ingram, Bender. But in the last three or four weeks, he's really fallen back to the pack in the top like seven or eight. And so what's right. your theory on that? I think Chris Dunn has done a really good job of kind of marketing himself as like a guy who's clearly ready for this. You know, he's done some interviews. He's He's said all the right things about wanting to be playing against top competition, not wanting to settle on these workouts. And I, I think Jamal Murray clearly has, you know, some people thinking that he's going to be a really incredible offensive player right off the bat. And with Bender, he, he's always been a guy who was going to need some time for teams to kind of figure out what he's capable of doing. And I think that's why he's kind of dropped down a little. Yeah, I feel like in general, like when guys start marketing themselves or like the, the after the season's over – a lot of narratives start developing about guys. And I feel like the film is the film when you're watching these guys. And there's no reason to drop a guy like over the last month and a half if nothing happened on the basketball court and make a drop. So that would worry right. me a little bit if I was one of those teams in that area. So if you had control of the draft board, where do you think you would pick Bender? See, I, I haven't watched him a ton, a ton compared to the college guys. But I think he's a pretty safe number three. 
if only because his floor is so high. Because he's seven feet, he's very skilled, high feel, decent athlete. Like, it, it, I'd be pretty shocked if he wasn't a, a pretty good NBA player no matter what. Right. I, I don't think I would draft him any lower than number five. Like, I, I would love to see him next to Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, that would be great. And also for me, like, even if I don't love Bender, some of these guys that might go over him, I, I just blows my mind. I mean, we talked a lot about them in the last podcast, but taking, like, Murray over Bender, I can't even – that's almost a fireball offense to me about you were a GM, I was the owner. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so there have been a lot of rumors about Chris Dunn maybe sneaking his way into the top three discussion. How, how, how do you feel about that? Well, at that point, it's purely – I guess that means somebody's trading up because there's no way Boston could take Dunn with their roster unless they're making a ton of moves. I have heard that Minnesota likes Dunn a lot in terms of being like a defensive-minded point guard, and they don't love Rubio. So that's interesting. Though I'm with you. I think Bender and Towns just make so much sense together in terms of two seven-footers who are super versatile. Like, that could be a special, special team. And he fits in so well with Wiggins, Levine, Rubio. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer, drafting Bender at five. And another player slotted in the lottery, though Chad Ford seems to have him falling, is Timothée Luau, who is a French wing playing for Megalex in Serbia. You know, he's another guy who's kind of fun to imagine being someone he currently isn't. Uh, He's 6'7", 205, has a 7-foot wingspan. Um, His frame is kind of reminiscent of a young Paul George. Um, And watching him, that, that kind of seems like a player that teams will look at in terms of how they project him going forward. Um, he's kind of shown glimmers of shooting off the dribble like a star would, but, but ultimately he's shooting under 40% for a team that really gives him a long leash. Um, I'm kind of of the opinion that young players making bad mistakes and decisions is generally a good thing for development, uh, but you know teams do look at those statistics. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me a lot just athletically of Dante Exum, just the way he moves. Like, he really, like, flies around the court. He's like a jet. And, like, he's one of those guys you watch him film, like, two or three times, and it's really easy to fall in love with them. But, like, all, all the European people who, like, watch these guys a ton, they've always been the ones for me kind of like, hey, slow down the wahoo. Like, just slow down your evaluation of him. Don't kind of fall in love with him off the jump. Because definitely, like, the first time you watch me, like, this guy can really play. He moves really fast. He has really high, f- he has a high feel for the game, which, like, for th- 3 and D guy is fairly rare. Most 3 and D prospects very much like, oh, he's a defender. Dribbling is kind of a stretch. But he really just moves really well. He seems like he passes really well, too, for a guy with his kind of tool set. Is there something specific that these people are kind of trying to ward off in terms of optimism for, for Luau? Well, two things I've heard is, like, that jumper is, there's not a long track record of success. Like, it's very hit or miss. And that the league he's playing in, the Adriatic League, what I, like, one, one good thing I was told was, like, they produced, like, three NBA guards in the last 20 years. And I guess the Udrik brother, like Udrik and... Um, What's the other Slovenian? Dragic. The Dragic players in Udrik. So, I don't know. In that sense, it's hard to, like, judge him a little bit. Have you watched him? Is he French? I've not seen much of international play. That might be interesting to watch with him. Yeah, he, he, he's French. He, he moved to Serbia to basically play for the Adriatic League. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where he got his big star rise. Yeah, on the Megalex team, which is just... If you haven't followed European basketball, Megalex is super, super interesting in front of the draft. Back to Luau, I, I feel like if you were to kind of temper your expectations and you didn't you know, necessarily fall in love with the Paul George comparison right away, someone he kind of reminds me of is Tabo Cephalosha. I was just going to say that. I can yeah, totally he, see that. He's another versatile prospect who, who can do a lot, a lot of different things, but isn't necessarily great at any one thing. I feel like if Luau can't tighten up his handle and he can't work on his decision-making because he, he does force a lot of bad shots, the, the kind of 3-and-D Cephalosha mold seems to be a fairly easy traje- trajectory to identify him with. Yeah, and that's one thing, too, with like evaluating guys' jumpers sometimes. Sometimes it's like, man, this guy would be a good shooter if he took better shots. Like, shot selection can really affect your percentages if you're not careful. 
But man, I, I really, really want to believe in this guy because he has the frame of Gerald Green. And from the looks of his dunks, I mean, he could be probably be an Olympic level long jumper. This guy, this guy is really athletic. He has great strides moving down the court. But I mean, I wouldn't say one... Gerald Green. Like, Gerald Green, that's like. Oh, him, no, Zach not, not in terms of athletically, yeah. but his yeah. frame, definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's well-built for a 19-year-old for sure. I mean, he's like, he reminds me a lot of uh, Patrick McCaw at UNLV, but he's got 20, 25 pounds on him, and he's younger, so. Yeah, and our next guy actually plays for the same team. Ivasa Zubac is another guy who is kind of in that mid-first round, late first round, might be a stash type guy. This guy's enormous. Mm-hmm. He's like 7'1". He's a well-proportioned 270 with... I think something like a 7-4 wingspan. From what I've seen, he kind of reminds me of like a mega-sized DeMontis Sabonis and kind of going along with all that entails. This guy isn't a great athlete, but he plays hard. He can move pretty well laterally for his size. You know, dropping back on D shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I think you've you focused quite a bit on Zubac just because you've seen a lot of, you know, Megalex tape. What's to like here? I think he reminds me a lot of a, a kind of a younger version of A.J. Hammonds. Like, quite a big piece of him on today at the Ringer. And it's just, for a guy, he's really, really big. I feel like with a guy who's this big, there's a little bit of a scale. Like, he's not a great athlete, but as you were saying, for a guy who's a freaking mastodon, he moves pretty right. well. He's pretty good on, on offense, too. And when you're that freaking huge, it can, be, it can be hard to stop at that size, rolling to the rim or posting up. And he has a pretty good feel. Like, to me, he could be the best center if, though, you're saying, I'm going to deal with the fact that he's not going to switch screens. Which I'm still, like, I feel like with the way the league is going, I'm kind of up in the air about, like, how much can I value your classic drop back five? Like, Jonas Valanciunas, is he good enough to be a championship NBA five anymore. Like I love Jonas, but I don't know. Cause he's not that fast. I don't know. Yeah. I, I actually don't have too great of a feel on this, but just from the way I've, I've seen, you know, a few games front to back, he's not too bad at kind of corralling smaller guards that make their way into the, into the lane on penetrations. So he might have some potential there. Obviously he's not going to be stepping out, you know, 25 feet out, but he definitely moves better than, say, Nikola Pekovic. Oh, I mean, for, yeah, for whatever that's worth. Right. <laughs> I think anyone was at a Pekovic. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting, this Megalex team specifically, they've, they've kind of emerged as something of a pipeline for NBA caliber talent. Nikola Jokic obviously looks like a star out in Denver, mm-hmm. and he came out uh, a few years back. Did they have Micic too for a while? Yeah, they had yeah. Vasilye Micic who was drafted, I think, in the 50s by the Sixers, Sixers, yeah. Sixers uh, two years ago. He, he's like this oversized 6'5 point guard, almost Rubio-esque, except not quite the defender at all. <laughs> but he was really fun to watch in the under-19 FIBA tournament. It should be noted that Megalex has one of the most delightful jerseys I've ever seen. Oh, the like, pink they, ones? They're incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hot pink, glow-in-the-dark green. Back when they were Mega Visura, which was a couple years ago when Misich was playing, um, that was under a different sponsorship. But they had this light pink periwinkle color scheme that kind of looked like baby pajamas. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, kind of surprised was, no one incredible. in the NBA or in college has gone with the pink. It's a very aggressive look for television. Like it's, It looks cool, I guess, like kill a cam, you know? Like Because I don't know if Megalex necessarily gets as much TV time, so I, I don't know if these these games are being broadcast like prime time. I mean, first so. off, they should be, obviously, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with these guys, obviously a lot of draft positioning is guesswork since we don't have a lot of inside information. Uh, players who might be seen as lottery talents, uh, you know, they could end up being picked up much later in the draft. Well, did you see that uh, Zubac only worked out for four teams? Let me find the tweet. I saw it somewhere. Really? He scheduled four workouts, Pistons, Grizzlies, Raptors, Celtics, which makes sense for their rosters, the same kind of, besides the Celtics, you have a bunch of teams that have bigger centers. Because those are teams who inquired both and scouted him. I'm going off a tweet from one of the Pistons beat writers. I, one thing I was thinking of, like, if you look at Zubac and Luwawu, like, I wonder if, I, I'm not thinking, like, compare them to, like, the top two guys, like Kentucky, 
like Scal, Murray, or or at Washington, uh, Murray and Chris, or at Cal, Rab and Brown. I wonder if I would take those two Megalex guys as a as a tandem over the two guys from other schools. Like they're right there in terms of talent. I think another guy that you know who could really go across the board uh, in the first round is Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, 6'7 wing from Turkey. I can't watch him without seeing a bigger, stronger, more athletic version of Marco Bellinelli. Uh, that's either a vote of confidence or, you know, a complete red, red flag. I would say it's pretty confidence. I mean, that's a pretty good shooter for a, guy, a bigger version of that. It's pretty interesting. Right. Like, I mean, Bellinelli was a summer league legend who dropped 37 in his first game. Well, he got um, a ring, doesn't he, with the Spurs? He got a championship. He does. There it is. Like, I, I am 30% confident when I say this, but Bellinelli could have been a truly great player if Don Nelson didn't destroy his confidence completely. Hmm. 30% confident. Sure. Let's go with it. How would you compare <laughs> him to, like, Hazonia in terms of a big um, Euro wing? He, I, don't think, I don't think he moves quite as gracefully. I don't think he's quite as athletic. Yeah, yeah, athleticism. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Hazonia is truly one of the more athletic guys to come out of you know, the international game that, that I've seen, especially at the wing position. Uh-huh. So, like, I, I can't really tell if I like Korkmaz more than I did Bellinelli as, when he was a prospect. I, I think Bellinelli's vision and potential as, like, a second or third facilitator w- was at least stronger at the same stage than Korkmaz. Korkmaz has shown signs of being, you know, a guy who can create for himself in the pick and roll, but he doesn't have a lot of wiggle and I, I kind of worry about his ability to get by people at the next level. So like he'd be he would never he'd be like guarding the third or fourth option kind of guy that kind of guy. He's not going to be right. primary defender or primary initiator. Right. Well, I mean, if you're six seven, you can shoot and dribble. There's a place for you in the league, pretty much no matter what. Yeah, and I I feel like it it'll really depend on how Hazonia does in his second season, whether or not these these kind of guys are you know seen as viable options in, in the first round. Hazonia had a pretty up and down season. He wasn't trusted by Scott Skiles at all. But I mean that doesn't necessarily mean anything, does it? If Scott Skiles right. doesn't like you. He's not exactly young Metro, Scott Skiles. If you don't <laughs> trust you, it don't mean anything for a young player. Yeah, it, it just feels like with teams they, they try and go off of the trends that they see, especially with uh, international players as far as who is playable and and what projects well at the next level. So I'm not sure if Korkmaz is that level of talent in terms of what Hazonia can bring to the table. But as you said, like if he can shoot threes, kind of defend from, you know, the perimeter, then that that might be enough. Um, that's probably worth worthy of a first round pick in this year's draft. Quick word from our sponsors, and we'll get right back into our international guys. Did you know that the NBA has built a super useful bot for basketball fans on Messenger? Yeah, a bot, like a chat bot or a robot that you can talk to. The NBA's Messenger bot is awesome. Just message it on Messenger to watch highlights of your favorite finals games and players. Yeah, the bot was super responsive. You just type in Kyrie Irving and you get literally every single highlight he's ever had in the finals right at your fingertips. And it's only a click away. Message it to see videos you want and try it out now by visiting nbabot.net. Again, that's nbabot.net. Also wanted to tell you about another one of our sponsors, MeUndies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made with sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can compare to the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember, Superman. They sent me a couple pairs and honestly, they, they feel great. Shipping is free in the US and Canada and you could save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair and get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash NBA show. 
That's meundies.com slash NBA show for 20% off your first order. That's meundies.com slash NBA SHOW. Going along with those trends, teams have kind of been emboldened by how well a lot of these European big men have translated immediately. Definitely. And, last few years for sure. Yeah, and it, it can mean good things for Ante Zizic, uh, a seven foot, 250 pound center out of Croatia. I'm not completely sold on his skill level, but he does have the strength and athleticism to, I don't know, be a solid role man in the two-man game. What's your take on him? Yeah, it seems like, first off, you know you're a drafter when you have Zizic for Zubac takes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, from what I saw him, it kind of seemed like he was a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none guy. Like, he's seven foot, he's pretty athletic, he's pretty skilled, but I wouldn't say he was like a stand at any one thing. He kind of reminded me a lot of, of Jakob Pertl, honestly, in terms of their overall skill set. Which kind of I think which shows you like the value there still is in going to play at the college game. Right. Like I feel like if you put Zizic at Utah, he'd probably put up pretty similar statistics, and he'd be seen much higher than he is now playing overseas, away from like U.S. cameras and whatever. I think one thing that Pirtle definitely has over Zizic, who might be a year younger than Pirtle, is. That Pirtle was definitely a better passer. He definitely has yeah, I can see that. a better understanding of the floor. I think Zizic is definitely more of a guy who's going to be fighting for rebounds. Definitely more of an energy guy uh, coming off the bench at the next level. That's, I think for sure he's like an NBA center. Yeah. But there's a lot of those guys in this draft. I don't know if he's going to be an elite center by any means, though. It, it, it's interesting that Croatia kind of has this revival of talent. It's Zizic, it's Bender, you know, Hazonia has too, come right? before Sarge that. Sarge yeah. is not Sarge. Is he Croatian? Exactly. Yeah, they're stacked with talent then. Jeez. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting going forward, especially when the Olympics come around, maybe the next time, not this time. Um, are, are they in the series Olympics? I was just going to ask. That'd be fun to watch those guys. I think they are, but I don't think a lot of these young guys will be getting much time. Boo. Boo. <laughs> so, yeah, another guy I wanted to touch on briefly is Isaiah Cordonier, who... I don't think stood out to you at the at this year's hoop summit. If I recall, it was terrible. Like I try not to take too much away from these hoop summit games. Like I feel like you could they can really mislead you, but man, he looked awful in that game. Yeah, according to reports I saw, though he looked good during the practices. So mm-hmm. you know he's something of a sentimental favorite of mine. He's a six five wing out of France with very clear strengths and very clear weaknesses. Uh, it, it's all you know compounded by the fact that. He played in the B-level French League, which isn't very competitive at all. But, man, he's this unbelievable leaper. He plays extremely hard on defense. Uh, Without the ball, he might have some of the quickest feet in the draft, both in terms of straightaway speed and lateral quickness. In in many ways, he kind of reminds me of Avery Bradley in the type of role he can play. But, man, like... He's extremely unsteady when it comes to creating off the dribble. On straight line drives, he's like this Tron bike, but nice, he, nice. he just yeah, he just can't move east or west at all. It's kind of almost funny. Like again, he he's he's going to be a guy who teams can use as as someone who chases, you know, volume shooting point guards around, but if he doesn't improve his ball handling, he's probably going to be a situational role player. Well, let's just hope he was, like, really hungover or something at the Hoop Summit because he didn't look very athletic in that, in that setting. For whatever that's worth, like, it was like, Athkai was a lead athlete. He's just not moving very well. But I don't know. You've watched a lot more of him than I have. Yeah, so. I, I think he was just cursed on being on one of the worst world teams. Yeah, that was really – it was hard to even watch that history. game. Yeah. He got freaking stomped. Yeah, and the U.S. team specifically was just stockpiled with lottery talents. So I, I, I don't want to put that too much against him. Yeah, that was like Pickett's charge, man. They were just getting slaughtered out there, the international team. Yeah, I, I guess we'll wrap this up with a guy who I don't really know how to pin down. So it's Zhou Qi out of China. and he might... I, thought, I thought it was Zhou Qi, but that's probably right, Zhou Qi. That's probably yeah. closer. I've, I've looked it up, and I, I feel confident. You know, it's Zhou Qi. He's a 7-2 center with a 7-8 wingspan. He, I think he has the most interesting measurables in the draft. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, like, I, I think a month ago, I described him to a friend as everything about him is soft, but kind of in a good way. Like, he has, he has incredible touch offensively, 
Uh, he's kind of shown three-point range. I, I mean, he, he's kind of shown three-point range, but he, he has a kind of a low release point, and it's a little slow. But he has a really real gift of blocking shots and keeping him in possession. You know, I, I would love to sign up for this guy, but he's maybe 220 pounds. I, I don't want to be contradicting myself from last week when I was like, oh, you know, Porzingis has paved the way for tall, athletic, skinny guys all over the world. But cheese frame kind of worries me, me a bit. I mean, definitely. Like, but at the same time, I remember my exact thought last year with Porzingis. Oh, he'll need a few years because he's so skinny. With the way the league is going into, like, ball screens constantly, maybe, like, your lack of pure... I don't know, like, he's got so many wingspan, he can shoot jumpers and block shots. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten more love, honestly. One thing I have heard, like, is that he's 25, which, I don't know, that's just what I heard. That might be totally off. And yeah, I mean, there are, there are always questions yeah, there are always about questions. Birth, birth dates for Chinese men, for, for people in Africa. I, I don't really know what to make of that, and I don't know how much that really matters. Well, I think the issue is, like, if he's 25... He's going to get much bigger. If he's like 20, like he claims he is, then you would hope he could put on some weight as he gets older. But at 25, he's more close to a finished product. Right. And honestly, if he's 220 pounds with a 7'8 wingspan, I don't know how much he's going to be able to bench that's press true. ever in his life. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty absurd. Yeah. Watching this guy, he you can tell he has very clear NBA skills, but he also kind of has the frame of you know a stick insect. You know, yeah. one of those one of those insects who like camouflages as a tree branch. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to make of him. I I wish him well because I think he has a place with his skill set in the you NBA. But there's there's definitely a reason why he's projected in the second round. But I could also totally see where it's like he plays the NBA for like a month. We're all like, oh man, we missed this guy really bad. How do we overthink this? He's simply wing span. He can shoot jumpers and block shots. Do I guess right? Ajinka is this, that guy too. So. That doesn't mean he's Rudy Gobert at all, just because right. he has long arms. I just don't know if he has what Porzingis had right off the gate, which is this incredible motor to just yam on guys. Like, he was doing those yeah. putbacks from the jump, and I, I, I don't think Chi is a guy who... Yeah, KP was super tough. Like, he's just... Yeah, that's a good way to... He's a really high motor, for sure. That right. helped him a lot. All right, I, I think that's all we have for now. Charks, I think we'll talk a bit more after the draft. That sounds good. I'll have plenty of takes after the draft, that's for sure. Great. Thanks, man. Thanks, Danny. We'll be back after the draft. I'm sure to talk about all that went down on Thursday. Did you know the NBA has built a super useful bot for basketball fans on Messenger? Yeah, a bot, like a chat bot, a robot you can talk to. The NBA's Messenger bot is awesome. Just message it on Messenger to watch highlights of your favorite finals games and players. Message it to see videos you want. Try it now by visiting nbabot.net. That's nbabot.net.